Okay, welcome to episode 64 of the United Pubcast. We're at the club on East in Sutherland for the Man United Supporters Club monthly meeting. And we've got Josh back, um, who's been on the podcast before. Now, you've been to a few Manchester derbies, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. But, um, this always, one, uh, always exciting. This one was a special one. Yeah. Actually, it's the last... So, the last derby I went to... Well, the last derby we won was the 4-2... Four, the four in Van Hal season. Well, we spoke about that one on the last yeah. podcast. Um, apart from that, they've been very miserable ever since, um, before I came to Australia. Well, you said you had a ticket to this one as well. Yeah, I had a ticket to this one. I asked my dad, you know, try and get as much money as I can. Obviously, <laughs> get a lot of, uh, got a lot of comments of discussing, you know, football should be for the fans. But yeah, got face value for it, which uh, whoever the, the owner of that ticket was, is a very lucky guy yeah. or girl. Well, the, I think that's one game, which in the podcast we did last week, talking about memories, I'm not sure. I think this one will go... Not a great memory. won't go down like the Rooney bicycle kick or the Owen winner. But I think especially it looked like for those people in that crowd, it will be one that they remember because it, it came through, the atmosphere came through on the TV. Yeah, and, I mean, and commentary said, I don't think they've ever heard Old Trafford like that for some time, especially this season. Um, spoke to my dad as I do after every game and he said it's the best atmosphere um, he's, he's probably ever experienced in probably a long time. Um, and in all honesty, my dad, he's, he's a part-timer in the yeah. sense that he leaves the game to beat yeah. the traffic one minute early. He goes, you'll never guess it, Josh. I like, uh, <laughs> I stay behind right till the end. We had to. And what, what was the goal? 96? He, saw, he, he actually saw McTominay's goal and he's not seen many injury time goals <laughs> in his time. So I'm Pretty, proud of him. But did he miss the Michael Owen? He missed it. Oh, we didn't go to the Michael <laughs> Owen one. But the wrong. guy who had his ticket, um, yeah. he left after yeah. promising that he wouldn't go to the game. So, yeah. karma. Good stuff. Now, we'll just go straight into the game. Um, I don't think I've got your thoughts too much on this. Just you sort of see the reaction when a team line lineup comes out, and it's almost standard. No real shock in this when your Solskjaer's lining up for a big game. But the thoughts on five three two because personally I don't mind it. But when the team lineup comes out and you see that the general perception online is, oh god, it's a negative approach. There's five defenders. He's parking the bus, etc. Yeah, and I'd agree with you. Um, if we didn't have the quality in midfield you sort of like the the signing of Fernandez doesn't make it seem that negative you feel like you still have enough you know to have that quality in midfield um which is probably why you'd expect to have McTominay on the bench for that game even though it probably came as a shock to some people oh McTominay is uh, rested he's on the bench um I know well, many people well, we, when you look at it with that formation there's pretty much only two central midfielders yeah we've got, we've got three players who sort of all call them for a start so one yeah, of, one of them you have the experience of Matic, who's played in you know a few Manchester derbies now. So yeah, but, but just simple maths, one of them will have to miss out. And exactly, I, it's like frustrated for McTominay, and a lot of us want to see him play, but it's a good problem if he's on the bench. That means there's quality on the field. Exactly, and um, he's played that formation before against City, um, similar games early in the season where we've grinded out um, wins away at the Etihad, and it just proves that City struggle when yeah. there's you know six or five, six even defenders really. Yeah, well, speaking of defenders and a position which probably doesn't really suit him, but I thought probably his best game in a while. And he's always been very good. He's always a 7 or 8 out of 10, but he has come in for a little bit, not criticism, but concerns over the um, last couple of months. Um, but Juan Bissaka was back to his best. Absolutely. It was a game where he could actually defend. Yeah. You know, he could just focus on defending. Obviously, he's going to make runs down the wing. He's going to. He had a few crosses where... He made some mistakes in that game. Um, there was a chance where I think Fernandez was, you know, was pretty open and his shot ended up being blocked. But that part of his game is always improving, and he has improved over the course of the season. But I feel with the support of four of the defenders 
in that formation it allows him to you know do what he does best and that's defending he made some stunning tackles in that game well him on Raheem Sterling was speaking about it before I don't know if it's Sterling has a block against United where he can't perform or it's something against Wan-Bissaka I don't know what it is but it's almost like he's defeated before he goes out onto the pitch because Wan-Bissaka just does not give him an inch whatever Sterling does Wan-Bissaka is just two steps ahead of him yeah and he's, he's, he's that sort of frustrating player in a sense that if you come up against him in a, in a one-on-one... You think you're going to get the better of him. You, yeah. You're, you're half-beat him, and then somehow he manages to squeeze Exactly. I love the fact that Maguire got involved in that tackle yeah. as well. He thought, oh, Maguire's <laughs> going to tackle his own player. But yeah, he had a brilliant game again, Wan-Bissaka. But as you just alluded to a little bit, even going forward, look, he's not Guy Walker, he's not Trent Alexander-Arnold, etc., but um, he's starting to show a little, not not more quality, but just a little bit more intelligence in the final third. Yeah, right? he's, yeah, exactly. Um, which is what you want because I think we forget he's a fifty million pound fullback and we demand the best. But he's still a young player. Could you imagine him being Brandon Williams, a youth player coming through? I would have totally different expectations. So I think we do have to remember how young he is. Exactly, and I think it's the one the one season where you can honestly say our signings have yeah. been worthwhile. Fernandez made a great impression, obviously. A long way to go to be considered player of the year, but he's, well, he's he, the first name. He's the first name on that team sheet. At the if moment. you look at the, the podcast player of the year rank, the three two ones. I'm telling you, a few more men on the match performances. He's, <laughs> he's, he's in the running. He's in the running. But definitely. Look, look at Maguire. Leaps and bounds. We're like what seven clean sheets since um, the new year or something like yeah. that. It's you know crazy stats. Juan Bissaka, fantastic player. Dan James for his criticism. It's his first season. He was playing in a championship. I don't think you can really say he's he's had a bad start to his United campaign. Well, we'll, we'll speak about Dan James, I was going to do that a little bit later, but we'll t- um, touch on Dan James, because, yeah, he has come in for some criticism. And I thought today, while I think the key moments where fans will look at in terms of you know, chances created, like what could have been assists, what could have been goals, etc., that's maybe where he's definitely let himself down today. He's very frustrating in that yeah. eye-catching moment. But in regards to his general performance, I thought it was one of his better performances. Absolutely. I thought, and look, the very cliche, okay, he worked hard, he defended well for the team, 100%, you know you're going to get that from him. But I thought just in general, because he was pretty much playing as a striker. Yeah. So he's out of position against, arguably, probably the second best team in the world, third best team in the world. And, and Ollie said he did exactly what yeah. I wanted to do. Um, you saw Ollie's frustration where he had a chance to put in um, Fernandez. Yeah. And, and, and look, you can't, you sort of can't hide away from it. It definitely needs to be criticised for his decision making once or twice. But I will defend him a little bit. It's very, and one hundred percent, he's in the wrong. But we've got a very different view watching on the TV. I think there was one time where it might have been the Bruno shot. Where yes, he definitely should have squared it. But I think he just thought maybe defender was ready to step to close Bruno Fernandes. He thought, oh, maybe if I play it, Bruno maybe won't have the time that yeah. he really thinks. So I think he just got caught in two minds and up choosing the, what was the wrong option. You've you, you got to think as well. We watch a game as if we're playing FIFA. Yeah. And, you know, you have that angle on the camera and you're just like, square it, square it, square it. And when you're playing, and you mentioned before he was playing as a striker, in yeah. essence. As a striker, you've got to have that one thing in your mind to score. And, you know, if he's having that mentality, fair enough. Yeah. You need to be the more experienced player. The more, you know, experienced player would would have made yeah. maybe the correct decision. Talking yeah. about maybe like a Rooney. But, but you look at you look at the two or three times that he get in that position, the work he did to get there in the first place. So it was one time I think might have might have been going around Zinchenko. Yeah, left him for and Zinchenko was a quick boy, and just left him for dead. He was like a 40, 50 meter run. And exactly. Like, you have to give him credit for that because I think that little things like that is what can build that atmosphere. So we all remember this great atmosphere, this great occasion, 
a lot of that is off the back of little things like that, like a 50 metre sprint, which riles the crowd up. Exactly, and I think there was about four or five separate occasions in that game where as soon as he got the ball and his first touch took the, you know, took the ball six yards away from his feet and he makes that run to beat the defenders, the crowd and the yeah. roar. As I said, it was probably the best atmosphere of Old Trafford this season. Yeah, and we no. played Liverpool and, you know, we won a lot for the majority of that game. And to say it was a better atmosphere than Liverpool, you know, yeah. understatement. Um, before we we'll touch on everything except the actual game, but just another player I want to touch on a little bit. Um, and we're going to, in the coming weeks, dedicate a whole podcast to this situation. But um, David De Gea, I yeah. thought, again, very good. Because especially comparing to Edison, who obviously two costly mistakes. Actually, it could have been three mistakes. That chance that Martial collided with the post. Edison had a real shocker. But De Gea, while it was a very comfortable game and City, while at all the possession in the world, didn't really create too many chances... I thought De Gea was very good. I mean, they had 80% possession in City and they had three shots on target. And De Gea made you but know, that, three, those, those three, three fantastic saves. Yeah. And I think one of our members, I think it was George, we'll get to the comments later, he says, you know, if that was De Gea that made those errors, he needs to come under criticism. Hmm. Um, and De Gea has, you know, had some poor games in, you know, in recent weeks, months, and he's been criticised for it. Yeah. But in recent games, you know, he's, he's done what's asked of him. He's been composed, and in this game, I thought it was a perfect example of proving the critics wrong. He made some, you know, pretty decent saves. The one from Sterling, although it's not got much power, it's perfectly placed into yeah. the bottom, you know, right-hand corner from our angle, and he makes a really, really good save early on in the game as well. Yeah, you don't yeah, want to well, go one 0 down after nine minutes. It's a completely different game against City if we're chasing the game. Yeah, it's, it's we're not sitting here having the same conversation. It's completely different. Yeah, so, and Foden um, as well. That was a terrific save. Yeah, I think, so, yeah we'll definitely. Difficult. Yeah. We'll definitely dedicate a whole podcast to the De Gea Henderson because whatever side of the fence you sit on, I think it's an interesting debate because um, I think both sides of the argument are very valid in regards to De Gea and Henderson. But um, that's a podcast we might be able to get Mark Bosnich on, get a bit of a goalkeeping opinion. Now onto the game, we'll um, we'll start talking about Bruno because why not the free kick to Martial? Well, what do you, what do you want to touch on first, the goal or the pass? The pass was just ridiculous, wasn't it? Uh, I just watched, I've watched that goal maybe about seven times today, seven eight times. Oh, seventy seven times. <laughs> seven times. And you can, I, I get the impression that it was something they practiced. You see Fred sort of making a little signal. It's a free kick that's in a really really horrible position for an attacker. Yeah. It's too far out to shoot. It's too narrow to cross. It, it's almost you don't want a free kick in that position as a free kick taker. It's just you don't know what to do. Whatever Unless option you're in Hargreaves. <laughs> well, whatever option you're going to take, it's the wrong one. Yeah. You just can't quite. Op- so it actually, the technique to do that pass is actually something you do at training. You think, yeah, be on the same wavelength. I'll just dink it over the wall. They'll be expecting a cross. It's not actually that difficult. However, you go and do it in front of seventy-five thousand people against a yeah. another world-class opposition, and then to execute it, and then obviously Martial to time his run perfectly. Um, everything about it. Well, I wouldn't call it a fluke. Obviously, it's been rehearsed and talked about, but um, just off the cuff thinking, I think is very, very good to watch. I thought it was terrific. I mean, there's a lot of you mentioned just then. There's a lot of elements that you need to have in your favour. Need to go correctly. For example, it's what 18, 20 yards out. Yeah. Need to get the right position when you're chipping it. Goes right in front of Martial, who then needs to probably connect with it as best he can, which I don't think he did. Well, the, well, the ones we did at Trout, because it was a free kick we used quite a bit when I used to play. The idea was never to hit it first time. It yeah. was to try and take a touch and then go in on goal. <laughs> so for the Martial, hit it, the ball coming from not over his shoulder, but that direction of behind him. 
and, he, and he connected it. He connected yeah. it a bit really well, but I don't think it had the power he probably intended. Well, I, but... I think I think you look at it and it goes down as a goalkeeping error. But yeah. it shouldn't take away from Marshall's technique on the ball. It was very clever. Uh, but yeah. I, th- I think it deserved a goal. Like, okay, he should do better. But the technique to hit that ball, and not the cleanest connection, but no. a, a good connection. And I don't think you can blame the defence really or anyone oh, no, probably but Edison I mean you look at some of the free kicks we've taken in the past which have come from the training ground one that springs to mind was when Daley Blind scored that one against Liverpool and he, all the Liverpool defenders were yeah. in their box and no one was marking Daley Blind and Gary Neville said in commentary Daley Blind's in a great position here he's going to smack it and it goes into the top left hand corner yeah. I thought when Fernandez put the ball down he was going to have a go yeah yeah, it, it was looked, a you know brilliant goal. Don't take anything away from uh, Martial, but the keeper, um, you have to be asking a lot of questions. Yeah, well, that is for the Manchester City fans to debate. Um, but a big debating topic. I was shocked. First of all, I don't know where to start with this, but the VAR decision to award or to not award a penalty and to I'd say to keep the yellow card for Fred um, Mike Dean. Um, thought that Fred dived so he stopped the play and gave City a free kick and booked Fred for diving however then there's a stoppage in play so it goes to VAR it's a clear I don't don't want to say it's a clear trip but there's clear contact and in terms of it can't be a yellow card there so in my opinion it's a clear and obvious error so it should be I don't in my opinion it has to be overturned and be awarded a penalty exactly and I think VAR is still in its early days it just needs to be looked at I mean, I can understand the referee making the mistake. Oh, my first 100%. instinct. My first instinct was, was, yeah, was a dive. You look at you look at it from the angle of the referee. Yeah. And when I first saw that angle, I'm thinking, oh, maybe he has dived here. Turn it around completely. You see the leg come out. Yeah. And it's clear. It's it's a clear and obvious error because the referee can't see it. Yeah. So why is he not rewarded a penalty? You mentioned, you know, off the off the air before that um, it might get rescinded. I well, think it should get rescinded. Well, I can e- I can even live. And I can say this: they were gone on to win the match. I can even live with not awarding the penalty, but you have to take away the yellow card. Yeah. And even you potentially even say in the match you have to take it off because if Fred's then playing the next hour on a yellow card, it's a different game. Exactly. So I think okay, hopefully he gets it. Res- I don't know if they can or not, but hopefully he does get it rescinded. But it, I think if Mike Dean goes over to a monitor and sees that and says, okay, it's not a dive, but I don't want to give a penalty. I think okay, fair enough, but take away the yellow card because that's a clear error. Yeah. Error. So um, going into 0 at half time, um, very different to going in one nil. Yeah, but um, I think we can we have this debate in a lot more lighthearted mood considering we won. If we yeah. lo- if we lost the match, I mean, if it's one all, we're saying oh we could have had a penalty if they scored two in the second half, yeah. or we we look back to that that mistake. But I think it evens out because you look at the free kick that we got for the Bruno Martial goal. Yeah, it's not a free kick. Um, Bruno definitely plays with a foul and gets it. So. It evened itself out, I would guess, and we're not complaining about that. And then you have the City uh, VAR incident early in the second half. Oh, yeah, that was... Look, I'm not going to argue, but my God, that was close. I was really close, and I, was I, watched, it on, I watched it on a, a UK illegal stream. Don't do this in Australia, <laughs> but I watched it on Sky Sports. And Gary Neville on commentary is convinced is convinced that it's going to be awarded as goal. He's, like, he's saying... Um, the many times they're showing a replay, City going to get this goal. Well, my issue and the shock when it's disallowed, yeah. you couldn't believe it. So I thought it was it's one of them things where VAR needs to be. It has been defined, shall I say? You know, they made the offside rule very clear, but it just seems. Well, my issue ridiculous. with it wasn't so much onside. Obviously, or I'm happy about it. Yeah, hundred percent happy. But that's the thing. I'll be filthy if it was the other way because I saw 
Aguero, they did the two lines. They did the line where his foot was, where he was, but then they draw that imaginary line with the shoulder yeah. down to the ground. However, they didn't do that with Brandon Williams. They just had Brandon Williams' f- foot. Well, where was his shoulder? Was his shoulder before or after his foot? And I was thinking, God, thank God they haven't put a second line there because if they draw... It's just think it's... I don't, I'm not going to say I feel bad for City because I'm de- absolutely yeah. delighted with the result, but they need, I think VAR needs to look at offside. And you could do a whole podcast about this. Yeah. Um, but mind you, we're, we are Varchester, Varchester United. Right. A lot of decisions go in our favour, so well, who long, are we to complain? Long may it continue. Yeah. But um, towards the end of the I don't think anything dramatic really other than that happened in the match, but um, fast forward to the 95th, 96th minute. Yeah. Um, Edison, I, I was filthy with, I think who, I think Fred. I was telling, not I was telling Fred, I was screaming through the TV to Fred. Um, to play it into the corner. Yeah. But he's tried to play Daniel James with a curveball to try and get Daniel James in on goal. And I thought, that's a shocking ball because Edison just got to start another counter or start another attack. But um, Edison had other ideas. And what, what I should say before that is Igalo came on. He did. And I thought Igalo did was, you know, fantastic. Well, I thought what Igalo, on, what Igalo, Igalo did the there, well. you compare that, and look, different players, different scenarios, 100%. But he showed what Lukaku didn't do in yeah. that situation. And I thought Agalia, yeah, look, he was on the field for four minutes, but I thought it was a perfect four minutes and definitely played an important role. I think exactly, he yeah. held off a nice little back heel. Yeah, back heel to uh, Fred. Fred, you know, with the Hollywood pass, which yeah. Dan James is never going to get. Well, I thought played into the corner. I was like, don't try and curl it in towards goal, but um, he did. And Edison. It'd be retribution for when City played in the corner two years ago. Uh, I remember, remember that 2 1. <laughs> they played well. For the last six minutes of the game. <laughs> I remember that. Um, then Edison finds um, a red shirt and Scott McTominay. And while, yeah. a little bit, look, it's a fantastic goal. Technically, maybe not the hardest goal. It's an open goal and the ball was rolling to him nicely. But just the visual of it, the way it looks, it looks like an unbelievable goal. Everything, the commentary, the Stratford end, the time, the opposition, everything about it, I think it's a goal that we'll look back in 10 years and really remember that as a sort of a classic Manchester yeah, goal. Yeah, and... You spin it on the edge, and you, you look at the, the game against Liverpool at Anfield, where they won nil for most of the game. Yeah. And we've we've had chances; they've had chances at Old Trafford, the, um, Man City, and they scored. Most Salah scores very late on to win the game, and there's emphatic celebrations. They're, they're celebrating like they've won the league, but scoring in the 96th minute um, for how dominated we were after the ball, we had 20% possession. Just proves the work rate because we had more shots on more shots on them, more shots on target than them. And it was a brilliant finish from Scott. It's actually a hard finish. You say it's an open net, but you know, with the pressure, he had the defender on him as well. I guess. Yeah, yeah, the pressure on it to get the ball up and down with one touch. It's it's harder than you probably think. Yeah, no, no, yeah. take nothing away from it exactly. But um, yeah, I just think everything about it. Well, it's a shame we did the Manchester Derby podcast last week. If we're doing that next week, that definitely goes down as one of the memories. I think yeah. we're definitely looking back at. He's, he's a Man United player. And, and Man, yeah, Man, he just epitomises Man United. That's something about it as well. Like the goal scorer, his celebration. Um, really happy for him. And he is a player. Look, not that he's performed badly at all, but he's in a position now where he's not first name on the team sheet where no. he might have been at the start of the season. So a moment for like moment like that for him, I think, is um, vital. I think he's a great character, just a great character. Yeah. And I met his, um, I'm actually met his dad in Perth yeah. on the train from uh, Fremantle to. Um, <laughs> we all, I think we all went to um, Rottnest Island for the day, and his dad just talking like th- the way he talked about him yeah. was brilliant. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, on to now, this is going to be a hard one this week. Um, three, two, ones. It could literally, you could make a case for a lot, a lot of players to get um, any of the points here, but. Um, as a guest, you can take your three points. 
Because this can't might be controversial, and Larry will probably be texting me <laughs> saying, "What the hell are you doing?" But Martial, I thought, had a terrific game. Yeah, yeah, he got the goal, but I thought his biggest criticism for me is is tracking back and being defensive, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't in that department, I couldn't fault him. Yeah, well, I um, thought. Yeah, I was messaging Larry today, and I thought it was one of these. Because it's not his best game, but I thought almost like Daniel James in terms of his job. I thought he's fantastic. And there was one thing would have been it would have been the first half. He made a defensive header. Yeah, I forget who it was against. And it was a good header. Ball came in. He sort of headed out for a corner under pressure. You thought it was a centre back. Then the camera zooms in on who it was, and it's Anthony Martial. It's the last thing you'd expect from him. Yeah, and it's the thing I criticise him for. And he's I, gone on and done it, and then he's gone up and made the difference at the other end. And I know it's uh, I know it's easy to get really excited and say, you know, everyone was fantastic, but hand on my heart, I couldn't give any player on that team less than a seven out of ten. Yeah, no, I less than a seven. And, and with even with the Daniel James thing, I think a lot of people could argue a case for him having a poor game, but his poor game is a seven out of ten. As we have um, another guest joining the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> Adam's joined in. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We're just going. Through. Actually, we've got. My the three two one, so you can join in for this. Um, actually, I'll do my two points first. Um, Josh has given Martial for three points. Agree with that? Martial, yeah. Martial for three. Um, Usually gets uh, a bit of controversy, as yeah, we said. Yeah. Uh, Larry, I, thought, Larry, I, Larry Fred, I thought Fred played well today. Yeah. We'll save you Fred yeah. for one point because yeah. two points for me, one for Saka. I got. He still hasn't yeah, went Sterling out yeah, of his Sterling pocket. Sterling had no chance on him today. Didn't? So the spider for two points, and you going Fred for one point? Yeah, why well, not? Got to give him something. I well. thought I don't know Fred. I remember a months ago, maybe a bit before Christmas. I was thinking he's done. I was yeah. thinking oh, I just don't see. I don't see a proper football. He's a good player, but just in terms of his awareness on the pitch, I don't see. I think a little bit like Pereira. I think good player, but just no. Something something's missing between the years. But now Fred has just turned it round. Oh, his work ethic's massive. What did Mourinho say? Like he, you know, he wants to play Fred when he signed him, but he just doesn't feel like he has a team, you know, for Fred to be able to play his game. He just completely proved them wrong. It seems well, not I, much I, different. I, to I Mourinho. saw that interview. I didn't know who. Was it actually Mourinho's words? I, yeah, I didn't Mourinho, see. Yeah, Mourinho. I remember him saying on a match of the day interview. Okay, yeah, and no, I was really interested to see that article during the week. Um, yeah, I wasn't quite sure whose words or what context it was taken in, but um, I'm just proud, you know, that we've managed to keep Bruno of it. What do you mean? Oh, the oh, three the one, yeah. Well, as I said, we'll go into it maybe in the next week or two, but if Bruno has a couple of men on matches, he's going to potentially win this Player of the Year, <laughs> of the year Award. <laughs> yeah. Because he's creeping up. He's halfway up the table now. So, um, and I was looking at it as well. Daniel James is still up there. He had a hell of a start to the season. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he racked yeah. up some three-pointers. It's funny. Now, you listen to a few people on the, the YouTube car, podcast, and... Yeah. You know, a lot of them were saying he had a good game today, you know, whereas I thought, yeah, he was running with the ball and stuff like that, which was good. But his vision lacks it. You, you've missed that part of the discussion yeah, in the first five minutes. You can say you, <laughs> you, you <laughs> make some very, very bad decisions, but, yeah. it's, you know, it's a learning yeah. curve. It's his first it season in a top, so top club. Good, you, know? you can't knock him, can you? Yeah. We are a top club. But, it's yeah, just, and it is, you know, he's come from the championship to United. He's going to make mistakes, but hopefully you'll see some form of improvement in that department over the course of this season towards the end, and hopefully... Next season, because I don't think he'll be his one we're going to sell. Well, I'll, I'll be interested, assuming the coronavirus doesn't overtake and cancel the whole Euros, I'm interested in how he does in the Euros. Because exactly, yeah. I think he starts for Wales, or definitely, I'd assume, start for Wales. So um, he's definitely played a look out for there. Now, before we wrap up, we'll touch on Solskjaer a little bit, because yeah. this topic can't go away. Ollie in, Ollie out. And I remember, it wasn't long ago, when we lose to Burnley, I think it was Burnley, was that 
start of February, end of January. Yeah, it was end of January, end wasn't of January. it? it, was, it was and I remember week. I was speaking to Larry, and I, I didn't want this to happen in terms of a footballing point of view, but I said, sack Solskjaer. I said, not, I don't want it to happen, <laughs> but just in regards to the treatment he was getting, I didn't want it to continue. So I said, sack him, just for his own sake. But now he's turned it around. A lot of people are now very praise, yeah. praising on him, etc. I think it's great to see and sort of validate your opinion of why you should stick with him. Because in terms of you said that atmosphere before at Old Trafford, I think a lot of that is down to the job Solskjaer is doing behind the scenes. Yeah. And um, what is it, 10 games unbeaten now? Um, His would, record I against say the top that, teams is terrific. I think that's one of the things because, okay, we're good against the top teams, bad against, let's say we're bad against the poorer teams. But I think the reason we're poor against the teams at the bottom of the table is simply to a lack of quality in the side. Like Tactics play a far bigger role in these bigger games. When you're going to dominate possession, look at Pep Guardiola, dominate the possession, but they were missing Kevin De Bruyne and David Silva today. So they couldn't find their way through. Oh, was it 29%? We had 29% possession, yeah. So, so, so when you play against a defensive team and you don't have your best players, which yeah. um, Solskjaer has not had Rashford, not had Pogba against these lesser teams, can't find a way through, etc. Pep Guardiola, the same issue today. So I think Solskjaer, I think... Look, I don't know if I'll make a hypocrite of myself going back to the January I was saying get rid of him but I was getting rid of him for a different reason Yeah. but um, I'm really glad the way he's turned around because when you see his celebrations on the sideline as well Look, well, he, he, needs to be, he needs to be credited I mean, it's, he's the first manager to do the double over City since 2009-2010 played him 18 times in between them won only 5 City have won 10 drawn 3 games and this with is a score at home 6-1 We've lost three. What did we lose? Three 0 in two thousand and fourteen under Moyes. We lost four yeah. one at our place. And I'm not sure. You just said they're doing the double over City and Pep. I'm not sure. Maybe there is a manager, but I'm, I'd be shocked if that's the case. Has any manager beaten Guardiola three times in a season? I don't think so. Like, maybe, no, I, I'm I, talking Fergie's only done. Yeah, a, a lot of managers twice. wouldn't have played Guardiola three times in a season. Like, it's mm. just weird how the fixtures have worked. So to be able to beat him three times in a season is. Um, Something any manager will be able to hold that on at the end of the season or end of their career, etc. And it's testament to him. The team really, you can tell that the, you know, the players support him, the players are playing for him, yeah, especially I, at the moment. I think that you look back over the last couple of seasons, whether it be under Moyes, Van Hal, and especially Mourinho, after a loss or a draw, a very common criticism, which I never liked too much, but a common criticism is oh, the players aren't playing for the badge, they don't care, they're not giving their all. And pretty much a lot of fans had that sort of argument against a lot of the players. I don't think you can say about any player now. No, not and, so. And a lot of them may be the same players in and around. Like the squad doesn't change too much. But um, yeah, there's something about what Solskjaer has brought behind the scenes. I've never questioned it. We lose. We've lost a lot of games this season. But I don't think I've ever questioned, oh, we haven't given enough or the players well, don't care. No, and neither's the manager. Yeah. Neither's the manager. Well, what do you think of. Um, Obviously, the impact Fernandez has had. He's, you know, he said the draw. The players were happy with a point away from home, which you know, a good oh, oh, part. You would to, be happy. To me, point, I was happy with the point, but um, yeah, with Bruno saying he's not happy, that's good. Yeah. I, I think any player won't be happy, but, but Bruno shows his frustration on the pitch, yeah, which exactly. is great. I love the. Um, well, you see the video. Oh, today. He, 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 um, in on straight away. Yeah, no, he's got that. Well, it's I think, great. I think he, was ca- he was captain of sport in Lisbon as well. Yeah. But I saw that um, video. He shushed Pep Guardiola <laughs> on the sideline. So. Um, yeah, no, it, um, but even our defence now like it wasn't long ago before we were saying how shit it was now it's probably the best in, in the yeah. league at the moment it's the best it's second best in Europe yeah. behind PSG yeah yeah it's, cra- it's um, crazy and I think a lot of, look defensively to have a good defensive record it needs to be a structural thing it needs to be working as a team but I think Harry Maguire now coming into his own sort of on and off the pitch now as a captain I think look is he worth 80 million no 
But he might be. If Van, if Van Dyke's worth 150, if, if Van Dyke was to be sold tomorrow, he goes for 150. So 80 million for Maguire is probably about right. But it's still a hell of a lot of money. But I think Harry Maguire's made a huge difference. Yeah. Um, just uh, like Bruno, I think the signings for Solskjaer have been the right signings. Juan Bissaka, the good signing. Daniel James, potentially a good signing. Maguire and Fernandez, they're going to be good signings almost. I wouldn't say guaranteed, but they're looking like guaranteed good signings. One thing we don't see, like watching it on TV, is that someone was saying today on YouTube that um, as the fans being there, they could see when something Wombasaka was out of position or something like that, Maguire would Maguire would be into him straight away and there was fear in his face, just yeah. thinking, shit, I better get back. Well, he's that defensive a centre-back that, that is that physical presence. Yeah. Which, look, so, you're comparing to Lindelof, and I don't want to criticise Lindelof, but Lindelof looks like, I don't know, Someone who'd wear a very nice shirt out on a Saturday night where Harry Maguire's out in yeah. a singlet and thong sort yeah. of thing. Like, he looks intimidating. Yeah. But um, I think that just about wraps up. We'll go into... We've got three Facebook comments. First one from Robert. A massive result for us and doing the double is not an easy thing to do against City. Was hoping Chelsea dropped points. Yeah, I think the Chelsea one, you look, we're three points behind them now and you think, OK, it's great we beat City. Could you imagine Chelsea win that game and we lost? So we suddenly six yeah, points yeah, behind. It, it, was up, such, yeah. it was such an important win. Massive win. Yeah. Like, you think, so, okay, it's great. Continue on. Well, it was an important win. If we lost, look, it's not over. But God, um, it's going to be a very interesting end to the season because all those teams are inconsistent. Leicester are dropping points like flies now. Dropping yeah. like, dropping like flies. Chelsea are going to drop points. Still in Europe. Um, probably going to get knocked out. In all yeah. honesty, against Munich. Um, and they're still, in, they're still in the cup, aren't they? They're still in the FA Cup, like us. Yeah. So a lot Actually, of teams. I, I, saw like, the, I saw the FA Cup draw. If all the away teams win their next match, the semi-finals will be City, Arsenal, Chelsea, and United. Yeah. Which um, is a hell of a semi-final draw. Is, uh, yeah, for the first time in a long time, the semi-final, you know, very attractive. Proper, yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, Cameron on Facebook said, Aaron Wan-Bissaka, man of the match for me. The guy pocketed Sterling all game, all year. Well, yeah, he seems to do it every single game. And George, our supporters club goalkeeper, also said, if De Gea was heavily criticised last week, Edison deserves twice as much because both of our goals were undeniably his mistakes. Just goes to show everyone can have an off day and we shouldn't panic if and when De Gea has one. I, you know what, I can't... Oh, I 100% agree with George. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's ridiculous. You, you can see the post now, if that was De Gea. Oh. Sport oh, Bible, yeah, Lad Bible, Especially after Joe, Hen- like literally double, all the memes going about. Especially after Henderson's double save the other yeah. day. Um, there's nothing. There's nothing about Edison today. I, I saw nothing about no, his mistake. No. It's a look. We're hated. We're done. Never ignored. That's yeah. what I say about United all the time. Yeah, no, I said 100 percent agree because City, they're nothing. There's just nothing there. Like it, it's funny. They had something written on their shirt. Did you see what they had written on their shirt? Same city, remember. same passion. Or yeah, well, same well, city, well, same passion. I thought it must have been something for the game. Well, when I first saw United, the, never had it. Well, that's the thing. When I saw it, I was like, oh, United got that on there. Yeah, they looked look straight away. And I've gone, hang on a minute. Are they going soft or what? Yeah, I don't know what it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, but just about wraps up this episode of the podcast. Um, hopefully, you all enjoyed the one last week in terms of memories of the Manchester derby it's a shame as I said shame we didn't do it next week because I think this derby definitely would have made the list and especially McTominay's goal so um, thank you all for listening we will congratulations again as well for the top 20 top 20 podcast in uh, Man United podcast considering I've only been here in Australia for two years and the podcast has only been going for a year not even yeah to go from that level (laughs) well I think the level it's something we will claim and we're very happy with 
in terms of numbers, it's not in the same bracket as those, say, top five, top six. We'll say it is. But, but, but it's, um, yeah. uh, well, we're clinging to the biggest in Australia. So yeah. um, that is our one thing we can be very proud of. So, again, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, as you said, which we always do, you're holding your phone now listening to this. So in whatever app you can, can you go and review or rate the podcast and whatever the app allows? I know iTunes gives a star rating, etc. So any help like that would be appreciated. And we will chat to you on Thursday or Friday. When's our next game? For Friday morning, Australia. Friday morning, we've got Europa League. So, um, Another yeah, attractive kickoff time at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah, Hawaiian Austria, is it? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we might get something what around. dreams are made of. We've <laughs> <laughs> the dream, Europa League football. So, um, yeah, we'll get something out maybe around then, something you can listen to over the weekend before Solskjaer gets the better of Jose again. It's the first, that game against Last is the first game where United haven't sold, um, are struggling to sell their, their allocation. It's gone to Category 5 of, um, you know, credits just because of the coronavirus. All right, so if anyone is looking for a ticket, um, you're in luck. <laughs> there you go. So try Austria. Plan United website. All right, thanks everyone for listening. Cheers.